Previously on Creep Chat. Drew's a slime ball. You know, Drew's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, New York Drew's there fucking slinging ecstasy and fucking creepy smiles. Jen, how is this going to affect her friendship? How is this going to affect her standing in the beach buds? And what is Graham's going to think about this? What the fuck Mr. Brooks know about art? I don't know. He's a yacht guy. Do we potentially have a Grams hookup? Hey, I like this strong woman named Grams. Mr. Brooks is all like, how you doing, Grams? What's your real name? Dawson just like shits at himself all the time and then takes a bunch of pictures of Gretchen. How you feeling about those two? Yeah, I I feel like I feel like those two are gonna hook up at some point. We'll find out. Season four, Creek Chan. I mean, because if it's not making dollars, it's definitely ain't making don't make dollars it don't make sense if you can't like it you can suck it get it got it get it done double f for sha for show you don't have to wait because every monday we are back with a new episode of the show crew chat here's our host Welcome, dear and beloved listeners, to Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT Mandance Money, and with me, the most humble guest on earth. Hey, you guessed it. If you guessed Chucky B, you are 100% correct, and I'm too humble to acknowledge it, so we will move on. Uh, Some people uh, around the world have been calling you thb recently uh chuck humble banner i'm loving that personally so i just want to put that one out there hey i mean i can't help it if it describes me to a t there's nothing you can do about it and you acknowledge that and that's very impressive i would be taking all the credit for all the shit because that's what i do i want the credit i'm greedy i mean you're too greedy i don't know if i'm too greedy i'm greedy enough i'm greedy no you're right i'm as greedy as can be what we're here to do here on Creek Chat, if you haven't figured it out already or you didn't already know, if you're new and you don't know, we've been rambling on for a while, first of all, LOL, lots of love. We're here to love you. And we're hoping that you're here to love us too. If you've been here for a long time, yeah, we love you just as much, maybe more. We're going to talk about episodes seven through nine, season four, Dawson's Creek. Let's start out with your predictions for actually we got a special treat this week because you had some pre-predictions you were hot and heavy on the predictions last week before i even got to the episode titles you were like oh this could happen with jen which i find particularly interesting because here's chuck banner just spitting off the top of his head about what's gonna happen with jen lindley he's concerned about her being ostracized from her group and what's graham's gonna think about it and i'm like what about the days when he called her i'm paraphrasing here but a terrible bitch Hey, you know, it happened. Sometimes people can grow from being a bitch to not being a bitch. I mean, look at Dawson. He's gone up and down. Goes from being a bitch to doing some pretty boss maneuvering. We're going to talk about Dawson in a very complimentary way throughout this whole three-pack, I think. Let's start with your pre-predictions here. Jen, how is this going to affect her friendship? How will this affect her standing with the beach buds? And what is Graham's going to think about this? And a lot of this next three-pack could be about Jen, or it could all get swept under the rug by either not talking about it, or Andy being like, it was me. I took the drugs. It's my fault. I'm calling that a home run, baby. Yeah. 
Because that's ex- exactly what happened. It did not get swept under the rug. You gave me what the solution was. Andy says, it's my fault, dummies. And then she uh, she said, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> she said hello a little bit later. The, uh, you, what your actual predictions were for you had me at goodbye, bye, bye, uh, where someone's going to leave, apparently. It's either going to be Jen or Drew. I don't think it makes sense for Jen to leave, so Drew's going to piece the fuck out of here. Or Gretchen can leave. Or abortion time. <laughs> <laughs> well thankfully you whiffed hard on that whole scenario yeah no abortions andy left you know i'm not gonna say it's a surprising move uh, you know her character felt like it had kind of reached a conclusion especially when she got into harbor what else andy got going on yeah that's pretty much what i think what i had written down on my sheet for this episode was like it's like hey this is a potentially good way to write her off the show like she could always come back and do like a cameo for fucking graduation and uh i don't know the wedding at the end of the series well they they make a hint at her i think pacey says something about well you'll be back for graduation and prom and shit and she's like i don't know so you're right they left that door open for sure uh but let's hear about the actual breakdown here for you had me a goodbye an opportunity for time off before college inspires andy to bring everyone together which is something that needed to happen but we'll get to that after we talk about uh, your predictions for the unusual suspects I'm assuming this is going to have some correlation to the usual suspects movie, and I'm hoping we get that doofy walk, you know, like at the end of Scary Movie. I feel like it fits Dawson. It's because he fucks Pacey's sister. He walks out of her bedroom at their house to get, like, some milk. Or... Oh, dude, dude, this gets so good. <laughs> I know I would have you on the milk. Oh, oh my God. Oh, it's so hard. He walks out of her bedroom <laughs> at their house. Oh, God. To get, like, some milk or something in the middle of the night. And he bumps into Paisley and Dawson's all like, got milk? And earlier in the episode, (laughs) he'll bump into Joey (laughs) when she's going to get some milk or something. So you hit milk three times. (laughs) (laughs) got milk. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the Got Milk ads were still pretty hot in 2000. Probably. I think that's why I said it, because I was probably thinking that, and I thought it would be a funny joke. Now, thankfully, that was like a strikeout in the bottom of the ninth. I'm not going to say in the World Series, but like in a regular season game, you you lost it for your team on that prediction. Let's hear about what actually happened. Dawson, Pacey, and Jack are suspected of pulling off a senior prank. And that's as much as we need to know right now. Yeah. Let's hear about your predictions for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, God. It's a classic Chuck on this one. Well, I guess it's just like a prediction that moves into Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the last prediction you just made. So it's just like him kind of confirming, hey, I'm with your sister now. And I told you this was going to fail as you did it. And you're like, sometimes you have bad days. Sometimes you go 0 for 3. And that's exactly what you did here. I don't really know. You had a correct pre-prediction with Andy putting it on herself. But your other three... At the very end of episode nine, I might have like bunted. So like I got on base. He's not confer you know what? I mean it's not a home run. We did not win. But hey, like it wasn't a shutout. I'll give you the bunt because you're saying he isn't confirming he's with his sister. Right now it's the question mark has been yeah. risen of Are you with my sister? Uh, and I think we see from Joey's face at one point in here that she's not super happy about this 
which I think plays into what we were talking about before, where I was like, Joey's being manipulative with Gretchen, not concerned. Because when Gretchen reveals to her that she's, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but when she re- refer, when she reveals to Joey that she's been watching movies in Dawson's bedroom with him, that look on Joey's face is definitely not one that is... Yeah, but at the same time, like... I'm not saying it's because she still harbors feelings for Dawson. It's not a, I'm regretful that I'm with Pacey. It's more, a, I don't want to see Dawson with her sort of thing. And I'm not confirming what actually happens. I don't remember what the dynamic is. So this is me purely speculating too, honestly. So... I think it's more like I'm just not interested in seeing this happen. I don't think it's going to do any good for anyone. Can't you see how Pacey's going to look at it as revenge? Like, again, we were talking about the last episode. Like That's what I was saying. I, see, I wasn't far off. But that's not what it is. But that's not what it is. I think that's how Joey's going to read it or think that Pacey's going to read it. I mean, we're going to find out. No, that's what I think. That, I'm not saying that that necessarily... Okay, so I know last episode I was saying... I was saying that Dawson was going to do it, and that's a Dawson thing he could do. And I still fully believe that that is a Dawson thing to do. But I also do fully believe that Dawson could be doing exactly what he has been doing without trying to, like, spoil anything for our listeners until we get to that episode. (laughs) We've done a little bit of spoiling um, up front, but it's okay. But we know that Pacey and Joey are those type of characters that will read something potentially different than it is oh, intended. Oh, you know. And Pacey would definitely be like, no, man, you're revenge fucking my sister, bitch. You know that's how he's going to feel about it up front. And, Daw- and oh, Dawson... Yeah. Without confirming but Dawson it, will be he'll like, definitely be like, be like, dude, you're trying to revenge fuck my sister, huh? But Dawson will be like, nah, man, because you know I had a thing for her going back, back years and years and years ago. We're just getting time to spend together now by happenstance because, oh, yeah. He's like, man, it was a mistletoe, man. It was a mistletoe. It was the miscarriage that led to the mistletoe. That's the sequence of events. That's maybe a blunt way of putting it, but that's what happened. <laughs> so let's get to something a little bit happier than that which well maybe it's not for joey and that's joey having to pick someone to write a personal essay about her for williams college which comes up again later in this three pack that becomes the college that has a name now for her because outside of like andy being hard for harvard no one else has really ne- mentioned a specific school name that they've applied to uh dawson did in one of these episodes well, no, 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 I'm talking prior to these episodes. I think UCLA comes up uh, from him or USC, some, somewhere in California. But anyway, um, she's got to do this per- from the person who knows her best. That's who has to write this personal essay for her. And she just knows that's a fucking time bomb waiting to happen. Because she knows how people are going to read it. You know what I mean? How Pacey's going to react to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, like, I thought that was a big deal, kind of. Like, I thought that Joe thought it was a big deal. And I thought that, like, Dawson did, and, like, they all overthought it. So, like... Dawson handled it as maturely as I could have expected Dawson to handle it. Pacey has a quick overreaction, but then he gets brought down real quick. And I'd say, yeah, Joey definitely overreacts, or overthinks it. And Joe, in my opinion, is so used to that reaction from Pacey, because it's just his reaction. She knows how to handle him. So she knows how to navigate it, and it's not like she should have to know that, but at this point, I don't think his character is really going to change that much, right? 
Like, that's just kind of who he is as a person. Oh, I'm not going to say whether or not that's true, because you think about it, like, that is one of his major, to me at least when I'm watching, flaws as a character for a person who's otherwise so good, is he is quick to get angry about shit that he's smart enough to at least sit and think about for a minute. But then and, you think, yeah, but he's maybe young. Maybe that'll be something that comes with, like, age. Like, if this, if, we're, if this was, like, a real character in a real-world scenario, right? Like, he's hopefully just going to, like get more mature and not do that well you see him be that kind of person when he's coming in he's the one well they've all been going back and forth to andy because she's been staying at home and avoiding the judgmental capeside high school after her overdose or bad reaction or whatever so he shows up this time he's bringing books for class or whatever um and that's where they reveal exactly like you had talked about the group is fractured all over the place but no one is talking to jen right now she's on the outs because of what happened and Andy's like that's fucking stupid and pacey's like maybe you don't need to be friends with everyone forever well because i mean pacey's been kind of feeling that way with dawson since him and joey started dating and although joey might have felt like that initially from dawson um they've seemed to patch things up pretty well and they're not like best friends or anything like that, but they're friendly with each other. This episode right here shows, and I guess it's real easy to kind of follow that personal essay thread here because it's there's a back and forth that maybe before would have happened over a couple episodes, but now it's just Dawson gets it. He thinks about it while he's working. He comes back to her and says, I don't think I'm the right person to do this. And she goes, well, you did what I asked. Thank you for that. And they part ways. And then later, after what goes down goes down, he comes back and says, you know what? It ain't like that. Actually, I think I am the right person. I'd like to do it if you'd like me to. And she's like, yeah, hell yeah. So that is like the best interaction they've had in how long? A long time. I couldn't tell you the last time that they got along in a genuine fashion. But this three-pack is full of that kind of shit from all sorts of groupings of people, as we'll see. But at this point, two-thirds of the mighty alliance are fractured the two like to me the people who have been best friends through thick and thin since they became friends are now broken apart in a way that like is sad to watch because jack is pissed as fuck and jen is legitimately just like sad not the self-pitying kind of mopey sad that she was when she was drunk all the time but like genuinely hurt by what jack is doing well because it's not only jack it's grams grams giving her silent treatment at least that's she what does too. Jen claims. Well, I think, no, because I think when Jack comes over at one point in the next episode, Grams offers him some milk and doesn't offer Jen anything. So the silent treatment went on for episodes. How much did they get into Grams in this one? And you had me at goodbye. There wasn't a lot. It was just that one little scene, I believe. But, I mean, they did, like, with Jen try to bring in the drew character again because drew turns them both in and well and that's when we see the scene with grams and she's like yeah you know like that one girl got the fucking pills but he's like it was me and her basically and he's like yeah i facilitated them and she gave one or something like that whatever how it happened it happened right and they end up getting like a hundred hours community service and that's a lot and no one has to do any time or anything and they can probably because like they end up breaking it down where like jen helping jack coach the soccer team is community service 
I mean, that is community service. You ain't getting paid for yeah, it. I mean, that's true. But I mean, like, 100 hours and you're there for what? Every, let's say you're there every Saturday from 10 in the morning till like, 3 or 4 o'clock. You think it'd be that long in one day? I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't play youth soccer. And there's probably at least... There's probably at least one practice that's two hours. I played soccer, but it was from like six to ten, and I hated it. But if you it, get so like ten really hours a week, that's only ten weeks, and boom, bam, slice, you're done with your community service. How long do you think soccer goes on for, especially with little kids? That's just one part of your community service, right? You get done faster if you're doing more, but I'm just saying. like. But she still got... She still got school and college applications to avoid and all these other things. Dude, she doesn't even do college applications. Someone else does that shit for her. Eventually, yes. Well, so yeah, they get that and she's pissed and Graham's like storms out of there after the community service things comes down and Jen chases her out and Graham's is like, I thought we had a relationship based on truth and honesty and that like, dude, she fucking cuts her down. She's like, I've never been so disappointed in anyone in all my life. That's rough. Yeah, well, I mean, she's come out and clearly stated she's like, like, in not so much words, she's pretty much said, like, I love you more than I love your mother, who is my daughter. She's definitely implied that before and more or less says it in, I think, the next episode or the last episode. So, yeah, definitely true. Well, Jen then goes over to Jax because earlier Andy had seen, because Andy's all torn up about, actually, we got to jump back and talk about Andy for a second because that's the whole premise of this fucking episode. Andy's going, where's Andy? What's it? Andy's going to fucking Florence, Italy? Yeah, so it's like basically she's going to visit her aunt that she hasn't seen in fucking years. I feel like it's, you're talking, it's not a visit. She's going to stay there for like six months, I think is what the deal is. Yeah. Well, because her dad wants her to go someplace like where she can just like relax. Oh, I think it's a brilliant idea. And it makes sense. And maybe she end up just fucking stays there. Who knows? Fuck Harvard. Just stay in no. Italy. She's going to come back and go to Harvard, but she's going to be able to relax and kind of get her mind right before she goes. And like her dad says in the episode, like, it gets harder than this. Like, Harvard is the show now. Like, this is all just fucking minor leagues. So go take some time off. Rest your wounds. You just almost fucking died. From taking some ecstasy. So go to Italy for six months and do nothing. Go find a boyfriend on a beach. Go drink some fancy cocktails. Go, I mean, maybe you should go look at some, like, ancient ruins and, you know, all the historical shit too, Andy. Okay, I get it. But get buck wild sometimes. This is not, this is not her dad giving her advice. This is me. It'd be weird if her dad was telling her to get buck wild. Get buck wild, Andy. Just do it. You know what I'm saying? But Jack's, like, kind of resentful of it, actually. It's weird. Like, I get it. Yeah, Jack seems a little aggravated by it, but at the same time, like, dude, shit will turn around for him. Oh, he gets... Always he does. Puts, dude, by the end of this episode, once all the pieces get put into place, it feels like the group is closer to being together than they have been in a long time. And that's the intention. But you kind of see it play out over the next two episodes, too. Especially the next well, one. Well, it's funny because, like... We've talked about how Andy's become more of a bit player. And, like, as much as Jack is, I think, part of the group, he's kind of a bit player because in certain times he can kind of disappear. But it always seems like he's not just disappearing. Like, he's just got something going on. So here's the the beautiful thing. Like, what works for him in that way is that he, when he latched on, I'm putting it that way just in terms of like writing the show, latched on to Jen as a character. That gives him a reason to always be important. Because in this case, it's not Jen 
or it's not him following Jen into something. She's following him into coaching the soccer team. And again, this comes up in the next one, but like he gives her the direction and he's the focus of that storyline because of him being the gay coach in Cape side. Like, so she's, and I feel like for a while now has been kind of pushing other people's stories forward. Even with the Drew storyline, that's still like she's carrying the weight of bringing Drew Valentine into the story and having him weigh her down like he does in this episode, coming up to her all the time and saying like, yeah, I'd have your back all the time. Can your fucking friends here say the same? Like he is so much worse than Abby Morgan, in my opinion, because she was at least fun. He's not fun. He's just cruel. He's malicious. He's cruel as fuck. He calls himself diabolical. And I think that's accurate too, but it's worse than that. Like, Abby was funny. He's just scummy. Yeah, well, what is it like Dawson says, like, speak of the devil, and and uh, Drew says something like, I'm here or something like well, he that? Well, knows, he knows what he's... Well, look at him. He's, like, almost always dressed in black. Like, I think that's intentional for sure. Like, he's supposed to be... And he's, he towers over everyone. He's so much taller than everyone else in the cast. That makes him like this imposing figure. Then he's got this red-headed witch of a mother. Like, and she's, t- she's, she fucking hits him in public in a principal's office right here in this episode. Oh, like, yeah. Smacks him across the head. It was funny because she's all like defending him. And then when like, as soon as someone's all like, nah, nah, this is what happened. Like, we've got like, there's pretty much proof. And she's like, piece of shit. Like, again, again with this bullshit. So all of this leads to them getting brought together. Like, there's a whole bunch of interactions that lead up to this, but it all ends with them getting together at this dinner with Andy. That Andy's orchestrated. Without any of them knowing that they're all getting there, she's invited them separately to Leary's Fresh Fish and Photo Film Studio to reconcile. To fix their issues. Family photo. It's so hard to remember all the F's, dude. I just do my best. And once I run out, I'm going to put studio on the end from now on. That's how it's going to (laughs) roll. There's so many. I tried last time and I sounded like a fool. Studio and restaurant. Or market. Whatever works. Just get like three, four F's in there and you're golden. (laughs) So she's fucking brought them all together. And she's like, listen, I read a whole pro and con list about leaving and going to Italy. And obviously, there are a bunch of pros about that. And the biggest con was that I'd be leaving y'all behind. Because you've understood what I've gone through for so long. But what y'all are doing right now is fucking stupid. Stop blaming Jem for this shit. Like you were saying, she was going to say. Straight up says, it's not her fault. I did it. Maybe she facilitated, but that's not my fucking problem. And it shouldn't be your fucking problem either. Who cares? And I'm like, good job. And everyone, everyone at the table is like, well, this girl who almost died and that we also love is laying down the law right now. I'm feeling pretty guilty about this. They all look like they got like their dogs and their tails between their legs. And then on top of it, and she's all like, so I just want to tell you, I fucking love you. And I'm piecing the fuck out because I need to get my fucking head right. And just fucking relax and not think about shit and not have to deal with any drama. So I need to leave knowing that fucking Jack and Jen are back being in love with each other. Like, not in a straight way, <laughs> but in, like, a brother and sister well, way. Well, she even says here, like, I was worried that he wouldn't have a sister when I left. And I was like, oh, shit, no, Jen's here. He does have a sister. It's like, you can't get a higher compliment than that. Yeah. I mean, this was a, a definitely a break out the tissues moment. 
for the show. I like that they, it, it made sense that Jack would be last because it's her brother, but before that she brought up like Pacey, the holy trinity of Pacey, Dawson, and Joey. And she's like... Yeah, the the oldest she's friends. She's like, you guys have something that is so rare and so special. What the fuck are you doing? Get over it. The, she's yeah, She's like, you guys have fucking known each other like your whole lives. Like, that is not something that happens. So then after this, uh, Pacey's talking to Joey and he's like, listen, I'm sorry about overreacting about that peer rec thing earlier. Like, I was bugged that I wasn't... Like, I wanted to know when I was going to be the person who knew you best. And she's like, but that's the thing, though. He knows me best in the sense that he's known me since I was a child. But in 10 years, once we've built our history, you'll be that person. So you just got to fucking stick with it. That's the whole point of this thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, that was part of the thing that I wrote down for these guys. I was just like, uh, and that actually was on the next episode that I wrote this down because it, it just seems like episode in and episode out. They continue to show us that this is, like, the best couple. Oh, I agree with you. That they can work through anything. They've shown us that so far, more than any other couple on this show. Because even when other couples were going on, they were having these really serious fights that would, like, extend throughout an entire episode or two. And these motherfuckers, it gets a little tense, but they work it out. They work it out every time. And I think a lot of that has to do with them going on a boat with each other for three months and having to like learn to know each other and it's like like they they sped up their relationship by three months basically or or maybe even more because i mean like they're spending so much time we talked no no i think you've said this before and i think you said they sped it up by like a year was what you said before if i recall so yeah it's okay it's more than three months was probably like so check it jen and Jack do get together here. He comes back out and he's like, listen, I was afraid you were changing back into New York. Yeah, and I was worried. I'm sorry that I did that. And she's like, I don't need an apology. I need you to stand by me, motherfucker. Stand by me. Will you stand by me, Jackers? And uh, he's like, yeah, baby girl, I'll stand by you through thick and thin. So the the, the new best friends are now the newest best friends. Because they've just re- recently rekindled their friendship again because they weren't friends. So then they all get back together back inside Leary's Fresh Fish, right? Andy gathers them all and they get a picture because Dawson's got to make this. He's a, he's a photographer now, so why wouldn't he? And Andy makes sure to place Dawson and Pacey next to each other for the picture before she goes off by her brother. Like she, Everyone is put where they need to be in the most perfect positioning by Andy's design. And it's a beautiful little picture that they all have now, I'm sure. Yeah, it was good. Now, let me ask you a question about Hulu. Did it have an in loving memory of anyone at the end of the episode? Oh, that is one of my four pillars of Chuck. Let's get to your four pillars of Chuck then. We're there. All right. So my number one first first pillar of this is in loving memory of Mr. McPhee. Holy shit. David Dukes, baby. 55. So he died. And R.I.P. baby. All right, this is not meant to be as crass as it might be, but honestly, as far as the last episode as a character, you couldn't ask for better. Oh no, one hundred percent sure. Like it, it was a full. I don't know. He even said, "I've made a lot of mistakes with this family, and I want to do my best from now on to fix that." And he's definitely shown he's been dedicated to that since last season. So I don't want to say good thing. You did, but... and we'll go with it. 
It's the good thing. His character doesn't necessarily need to be on camera, so they don't have to kill him off. No, they don't really have to do anything with him, you know, if they don't want to. Like, Andy's gone. He can live on in Dawson's Creek. I don't, honestly, I don't remember. Do we see Jack move back in with Grams and Jen now? I don't remember. Or does he just live in a parentless home and we don't worry about it? We don't go to Jack's house anymore. I don't remember. Yeah, I just think when we do go to Jack's house, uh, his dad's at work. Or traveling for work or whatever else. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. Visiting his mom. So let's move on to the unusual suspects, which I have a hard... Oh, oh hold shit. On. I still We're got still more the pillars. first pillar only. That was just, just the, the first, first pillar. I'm so sorry. Please, the second pillar. The second pillar, no more beach buds. Because one of those beach buds is on their way to a different beach in Italy. A beach by herself. And potentially beaching herself right on out of Dawson's Creek. Okay. She could come back in cameos. She might not. Who knows? Do you have a gut feeling? I would say it's safe to assume she'll be back in the future at least once. Where's, where's that going to be? I don't know when. I, I would say she'll probably come back later this season. But I... I don't know. I assume she'd be at the wedding. Is it more likely she shows up at the wedding than it is she shows up at the end of this season? No. Just, just curious. I would say it's more likely she she like comes back at the end of the season. Because like, it would make sense that she'd want to say goodbye to her friends again and then go to Harvard. For sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then uh, third pillar of Chuck. Oldest friends are slowly making a comeback. And that's what you call the unholy triumphant of uh pijo and d i didn't call it no i said the holy trinity i didn't call it unholy at all that's like the 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 three that this show is centered around that's the holy trinity it's the father son and holy spirit if we want to get catholic about it oh uh, i don't want to get catholic about it but i I'm do sorry say i had to pijo and d are slowly making a comeback can we call them pijod Nah, it sounds too much. No, we could do that. Yeah. Nah, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. So what is it? Pijo? <laughs> I love Pijo. <laughs> I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to roll with it. So P- Pijo and, and D. The fourth pillar was the Jen-Drew dynamic before the epic ending. Yeah, that was uh, that was what you need to know if you're not going to watch this show. And you're just going to get the pillar talk. The Jen Drew dynamic before what big thing? The the big Andy farewell. Oh, before the... Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this one was definitely just like solidifying that Drew was just a total scumbag. But in the next episode, The Unusual Suspects, we find out that karma is a bitch. Oh, that this was a fantastic episode. It was so fun to watch. And it was just, like, satisfying. They took the dynamic of the world that they created, and they know that, and even though season four has been less super drama-heavy in the same way that season three was towards the end, like, it's been a di- like different kind of feel about it. This one kind of was like, all right, we're going to take all those elements and we're going to have a little fun with it here. This has been a much more fun season so far, and... I still feel like the season is just getting started, yet we're already almost halfway through the season. Uh, we're getting there, that's for sure. Because what, we'll be at the midway point at the end of the next three-pack, right? Because what, there's 24 episodes? 23. All right, so yeah, we'll be at the halfway point by the next episode of Crew So Chat. here's one thing we need to talk about before we move forward with this whole episode that we didn't touch on in the last one. And it's what I think is part of what makes this season a lot of fun. 
or it really starts to in this three pack, and that's Mr. Brooks. And Dawson's still going over there, and the last one he's painting for him because he's like, "You haven't you haven't paid off your debt at all by just painting my house." Now you, Mr. Brooks is a fantastic character, and he's actually uh one of the four pillars of Chuck Part Two for Episode Eight. Oh, okay then. All right. Well, he's. He's a big deal. He he becomes a bigger deal in this episode because in the last one, it's still him just kind of being a dickhead to Dawson, and then Dawson at the end kind of like losing it on him and being like, "Motherfucker, you can't treat me like shit just because you are sad about your life. Like, don't take it out on me." This episode starts out with a senior prank of a boat inside of a pool, in which. It gives us this newly acquired knowledge that Cape Side High School has a pool. Uh, it's got a pool, and it's got a principal. Um, and we knew it had a principal anyway, but like we meet this principal. And he also has a dog named Chester that happened to be on that boat at the same time. Oh, so that was the principal? I didn't even really put that together. Yeah. I just thought that was not. No, he's right. the principal. They took the principal's boat and the principal's dog, and they put it in Cape Side's pool. Oh, okay, because that's kind of funny. I mean, I thought it was funny to begin with, and then to find out that it's principal. I mean, I don't even know if they referenced it or not, but I wasn't really. Well, the first thing that we see once everyone, because there's this thing where they're cut, like the, the episode opens up, they're doing this like cut through the halls of the school, and you see this janitor with a big old mustache, you see this teacher yawning, you just close up of this kid who yells like, you've got to see what's in the swimming pool, and like, he's such a terrible actor, it's so bad. So they go in there and the dog's out of there. They pull the boat over. The dog jumps off. The dog immediately goes to Jack. So we know right off the bat, like, okay, Jack is definitely going to be suspected in this. Uh, so can I name our suspects? Please. So our suspects are Pacey, Jack, Dawson, and then a handful of unnamed black guys. Were there, were there black guys? Well, they don't show them being interviewed, but... When they're calling students down, walking with like Jack and Pacey is just like three other. I didn't dudes. even notice that. Like I heard them say other people's names, and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck any of those people are. I don't know why I would. I didn't notice that. That's fucked. Yeah, I definitely know. Well, they it. weren't really suspected, although it's still a bad look. But the the principal's like, I know it's one of you three. He's like, I it, just look at. Here's the fucking facts. Two of them right off the bat. Dawson, you had access to the master key to the school because your dad's got him because he's got like six jobs here. He's got a couple you don't even know about. I think he's got a couple I don't even know about. Also, Pacey, you know the code to the marina that my boat is kept at so you can easily boop, 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 get in there, steal my shit. Yeah. And Mitch is there. Did Mitch? Mitch. All right. Why the fuck is Mitch in on this interrogation? Is he also an interrogator at the school? <laughs> no, man. Mitch is a... What, a guidance counselor I think so. I think and so. a yeah, football yeah, coach. Yeah, And also a substitute teacher when they need him to do that. When they need him. But it doesn't seem like he's he subbing also, right we don't now. Know. We don't see him. He's just doing... He's subbing for uh, Deputy Doug as this principal's uh, Well, Mitch... Two. Oh, we'll talk about how Mitch perceives what happens here because the whole time they're getting questioned all right so we go in and we get their stories because it's we're getting a hard boil interrogation on these three guys and they've all had a day and they've all got their alibis but somehow some way weaved in throughout the entire day drew valentine 
True Valentine. So you just pick up on it immediately, like, oh, they're setting this motherfucker up so hard right now. Oh, yeah. Like, it's clear, like, that's the, what I liked about it, is they didn't shy away from the fact that we know who actually did this. But it's, how did we get there? And then at the end, for those who didn't pick up on it, they explained it to Joey. Thus explained it to us. So, that was very nice of them. But, Jack shows up at Graham's house with some flowers. And he's like, that's when she's like, when she finds out she can do the coaching thing to do the community service. Because before before Drew yeah. was like, oh, we're going to go do our community service together. Let's look into what that shit is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm like. And Jen's all like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with your fucking New York scumball ways. You rap son of a she bitch. She did literally. And Drew's all like, Drew's all like, come on, baby. We fucked once. We can fuck again in the back of a dumpster i don't know <laughs> she did literally tell him that he could go curl up and die so that's yeah yeah she's definitely like fuck so me. she's not super hyped on doing this fucking coaching thing but it's something and he's like all right i gotta roll out of here i gotta go meet drew at the hardware store it's a karma thing and i was like okay karma karma not, I didn't really think too much about it at the time. And then Drew's like, I'm so happy you've been nice to me, Jack. I thought you blamed me for the whole Andy thing, but, like, you've been super chill about it, bro. Yeah, and Jack's all like, yeah, man. I mean, it's whatevs. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and take this paint up to the fucking counter so everyone can see you take it real quick. And he's all like, he's all like yeah, I gotta go and uh, get these nets because, you know, they're not gonna change themselves at the soccer practice field. And uh, Drew's even like, Man, what is it like? And Jack's like, what? And he's like, being so selfless. Little does he know. Motherfucker getting set up. So, speaking of the soccer net thing, like, at this point it showed when they came back, Jack looked a little nervous almost in the interrogation because they were coming at it hard. But he's like, yeah, I got to the soccer field with Jen about 135-ish. We set up the soccer net. Jen literally gets tangled in it and trips and falls. So she's not athletic in any way. She can't even put the net onto the goal frame. No, yeah, hilarious. And Jack's like, all right, Molly, you're going to be the goalie of this team. And she's like, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't want to be the goalie. And he's like, oh, okay. And Jen's like, all right, listen, I know that girl. I am that girl, or I was that girl. You just got to piss her off, and then she'll do it, right? And Jack's like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me try and manipulate this eight-year-old real quick. So I'm going to go over here and piss her off. <laughs> but once he gets... Hey, hey, little Mile, little Mile, come over here for a minute. And then he, like, chit-chats her up, and she's all like, yeah, you know what? Fuck those kids. I will be the goalie. And then she turns around, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to still be the goalie, but I know you manipulated <laughs> yeah. me, motherfucker. So why don't you don't pretend that you put one over my head? Because I caught that bitch. It's like I catch all those balls coming in at the goalie because I'm the new goalie, motherfucker. And I was all like, damn, I respect that little girl. But apparently she let up too many goals in there. And apparently this is also a playoff game. Like, I didn't realize how much soccer they'd been playing, that they're already in the playoffs. Like, that was quick. And apparently this is also, like, a weird rule where, yo, you got through the first round uh, winning three to four, right? But next game, if you tie one to one, those three goals from last game are going to count. No, I don't. What sort no, of I, fucking rule no, I is that? It's, what it is, it's a matter of total goals allowed. I don't think that's uncommon in soccer tournaments because ties and shit are so common and you have to have a way to break ties. It comes down to goals allowed. I don't think that's an... 
I don't know anything, but I don't think that's an uncommon way. I don't know. I still think that shit is stupid. It is what it is, man. I am the meathead out of the two of us, but I don't know soccer. I I would just say you have to have a way to break fucking ties. And if it comes down to goals allowed being the thing, whatever. But my point is this. It's kids soccer, so who fucking cares even if that is the rule? They should just have them fight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Put them in a cage. How do you determine? Like, we'll give How you do you rounds, determine which three, kids go into rounds. the cage? You just pick two. The two goalies. That's the danger of being a goalie. Yeah, yeah. Two goalies. <laughs> just fight it out, dude. Fight it out. Keep your, be like, keep all right, your you get five on. minutes. You get five minutes. You can wear their gloves. Be like, take off your shoes. No spikes. But like, other he, than that, just fight. But I, so here's the real problem, though: is this lead dad, the the dad gang. Gus. Oh, yeah, the dad mafia? Well, he comes up and he's like, listen, bro, I kept my mouth shut when I found out you were gay. Because had I said something, like, it would have been a big deal, bro. But you need to, like, not put Molly in goal. Otherwise, I might, like, fire your ass, bitch. One, how do they fire him? He's a volunteer. Two, how do they control who the fucking coach is? Isn't that, like, the town to your first question i don't know how you fire a volunteer especially when to your second point i don't know who the fuck they are in relation to being able to hire and fire a volunteer they're just parents who are they exactly they can go complain to someone but i don't think they can just outright you can say my child's not gonna play but aren't you just hurting your child at that point? And like, who cares? The kid's well, fucking Jack, gay. It's Capeside, bro. We can't we can't linger on how backwards Capeside is. We know, I know. we know. It's Let's just, just remember that that's what happens in Capeside. This dumb shit. But Jack perseveres, and he also doesn't give a fuck. He's like, Molly, you're staying in there. Get out there. She lets up these mysterious tie-breaking goals that neither you and I know anything about, <laughs> and they fire Jack's ass, and she overhears it. Molly does. And she starts crying and like runs off. So fuck. Yeah, but then they start like 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 the kids are like yelling at her at school too. They're like, oh man, if we lose this next game, dude, like like we lose this next game, like it's it's because of you and like you're the one that got Jack fired. Like they all seem to love Jack because like they're like blaming Molly that she got Jack fired when really it's this old gay hating dad mafia well, let's go ahead let's jump back for a moment on our three suspects and let's talk about pacey's day let's talk about what, what, what pacey got into oh so how like pacey's riding with doug and i want to start hold on uh, i want so first i first, want to start with how he started his day on this show and that's just brazenly making out with joey on the hood of her pickup truck right in the middle of town no problem like that's how you get a reputation in cape side or maintain a reputation in Capeside. I guess. I guess. For I guess either so. of them, it doesn't matter anymore. They both been through the shit. Like, no, yeah. He's the teacher that. He's the kid that. No, yeah, fucked he was his not teacher. the teacher. And and Joey is the guy or the girl whose dad is a drug dealer. Yep. Oh, and she's weird in her own ways that everyone is also made up. But you're right. Tell me about what Pacey does with his day. What does he really get into? Okay, so at first, right, like, he's going to go spend his day with with Dougie. And Joey's like, hey, why don't you set him straight, will you? And Pacey's like, straight really isn't in his vocabulary. And I was like, another gay joke. They're always throwing the gay jokes at Dougie. And at first, I thought it was funny. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I still think it's funny. But 
I think it's funny because they consistently have made it a thing that not only Pacey does, but Gretchen also has done. Like, everybody's taking swings at fucking Dougie. Not everybody. The winners. Two winners are taking swings at Dougie. What I took exception to, because I don't really have a problem with it either, when it's coming from Pacey especially, because it doesn't feel like he's being hateful or hurtful about it he's more like bro i know you're gay just stop hiding it yeah just you're not hiding it very well but anyway it's when drew says something at the boatyard later where he's like hey you look like you might have a problem like you and i can do the man dance and like that's where i pulled my little nickname from but that's the second time because it was drew who also was like hey jack or which one of you mcphees want to go dance so i'm thinking Drew Valentine is bisexual, but we'll never get to find out if that's true or not. Yeah, it's probably true. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, right? It doesn't seem like they shy away from that being an idea. He just just seems like he doesn't fucking care. Nah, he's in it to win it, baby. And in this episode, they also like to show Pacey and Doug the first thing they're doing is cops. Eating donuts. I was like, come on, Dawson's Creek. You gotta be better than that. Nah, I love it. It was fine, but they jump out late. Well, because they do. They try to set it up the way that Pacey's perceiving it. Because next thing we see him, they're sitting in the cop car, running the radar gun on people. Pacey's like, do you ever wonder what the fuck you did with your life, bro? Like, this is it? This is what you did? And you can tell Doug is like kind of hurt Dougie, by that. like, at first, I kind of thought, like, Dougie was thinking the same thing, where he's like... Yeah, sometimes I do fucking think that. But then throughout the entire entirety of the show, this episode, like you see that Doug's like, no, nah, man, there's a lot more to this shit than you fucking see. He's like, I live it, you know? And that's basically like, uh, like Pacey comes at him later in the episode at the end, and he's like, no, nah, dude, like legit props. Like you do this better than I'll do anything ever. Well, before we get to that resolution of it, is we got to see how Pacey comes to that because he's still mocking him in the next scene. They're out there searching for Chester, ironically enough, or as the plan goes, and he's digging at him again. He's like, "Really? You go look like your job is to look for fucking dogs. Like this is what you do with your day, man." And that's when Doug takes on him. He's like, "If you ever care about anything as much as I do, or if you're ever as good as anything as I am, or if you even fucking really..." make anything out of yourself i'll be fucking shocked and if you do that shit if you presume to know me again i will beat what does he say i'll beat the ugly off of your face uh all i heard was i'll fucking whoop your ass like father like son baby just beat up on pacey yeah but i mean at least he's kind of saying like all right man i i I take a lot of shit from you but but he gives so much i'm not gonna take three or four more fucking but think about how much shit Think about how much shit he gives Pacey on top of, like, that's the give and take. I think it's just the digging at the cop thing that really bugs him. Because he tolerates the gay thing. That seems like it's probably been going on for years. I kind of think Dougie probably is gay. Well, you'd made that prediction before. Was that more of a joke? I didn't know whether you were serious or not with that. I kind of rolled with it, but I didn't know. Like, do you think that is a legit possibility? Yeah, I think it's a legit possibility. We haven't really seen him with anybody outside of maybe... Like, toying around with the Miss Jacobs thing. Yeah, for, like, an episode. But, like, I mean, who knows? Like Pacey says, man, all the signs are there. Well, then at this point, we find out that Doug, like, helps... Doug Doug helps this blind guy out, get his groceries and shit, and bring him back to where he stays at. And 
some other shit that he does, and that's what leads to, yeah, later on, after the boatyard scene, again, here's where we run into Drew again, though, throughout this whole plot. He's at the boatyard because of an anonymous call, but there was also an anonymous call before his call, or something. There's some kind of mix-up or confusion that could lead to him being caught up, and Pacey's like, I'll just catch a ride with Drew, and Doug's like, oh, I thought you hated him, though, and Pacey's like, yeah, but it's a karma thing, bro. So I'm like, it's the second time they brought up the karma thing. They're, Dawson's going to say it himself, too, isn't he? Because that's when we get to our uh, our third suspect here, and that's Dawson. And Dawson, as we find out, we'll just spoil this right here, is the mastermind of the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah. That's just... Well, we know he's a guy who's into pranks. We learned that back in The Scare in Season 1. With the skeleton in the closet and all that shit. This, though, was a thing of fucking beauty. Yeah, because he's like, he goes to Mr. Brooks' house, and then he's like, oh, man, I got to leave when Gretchen picks him up. Well, well, we find out in the beginning when Gail first drops him off that he did at one point have Mitch's keys, but he had lost them somehow. So we're like, oh, shit, really? Dawson lost these keys? So there's a little mystery in your head, like, oh, all right, what do, what's trail of these keys where did those go because at this point we don't know what happened to the keys and there hasn't been actual real mystery in this episode and not that that's a problem but like the show usually goes the mystery is solved already but i'm like where the fuck are these keys at where the fuck are these keys at but before gretchen comes and picks dawson up he's reading through uh one of mr brooks's old yearbooks because now that he's getting paid he's cleaning out this old study there's all these documents and shit like that he sees that his ambition was to be a filmmaker so dawson's like wait what that's a hell of a motherfucking coincidence well and like dawson's kind of like getting slightly freaked out and agitated because like he the way he looks at it is mr brooks is a guy that's just like an old you know curmudgeon who has no friends or family and pushed everybody away so now he's alone and like pissed off at the world about it and he's like fuck dude this guy wanted to be a film filmmaker like i want to be a filmmaker or he's like at least i wanted to he's like man maybe i'm gonna push everybody away like i pushed fucking pjo away and well let's let's kick back to when he wasn't pushing people away and that's when he was making a ninth grade pact with pacey and mitch brings this up during the investigation he's like so no the pact between you and pacey when the seniors when you were in like eighth grade or whatever fucked this whole thing up and you're like when it's my turn i'll do it even better i'll do one for the ages and dawson's like man do you see me he's like dude we're not even really that friendly anymore what why do you think that would happen what you think that's gonna lead to okay well let's move on then and that's when Gretchen comes and picks him up, drops him off at his house, and here's where Drew comes into the fold. We find out, or Gretchen's like, why the fuck is he here? And Dawson's like, oh, it's because of a karmic decision. So Dawson's got to be pretentious, not just say a karma thing like the other two. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> Drew's like, thank you for spending some time with me the other night. So we find out there was this rendezvous we never see on screen where Dawson bumps into Drew at the movies. They sit down and enjoy the movie together. They go out together afterwards. Drew gives him a ride home and Dawson purposely leaves the keys in his car. That's a hell of a fucking sacrifice to make for a prank to spend an evening with Drew Valentine. Yeah, but I mean, really, he watched a movie with the guy, so how much talking you're going to do with the movie theater? And two... With Drew Valentine? With Drew Valentine, I bet it's a lot more than you'd like. Yeah, but then afterwards, what? You go and you get 
a burger or something like that. So you're you're Man. spending what tops, and that's two thousand. So what movies are an hour and forty minutes, hour and thirty minutes. Depends on the movie. I don't know, man. Drew Valentine would be going to see anything longer than an hour and yeah. a half. No so, way. I mean, what? He's spending maybe <laughs> two and a half hours with the kid? That's too much time. Too not much time, but not for the prank. prank. Not for the prank. No, I get it. So, that's what he does head back over to Mr. Brooks. And Mr. Brooks is like, you're fucking fired for playing footsie with your floozy. Uh, I ain't got time for this bullshit. And that's when Dawson's like, you can't take your shit out of me, man. I ain't going to deal with it. And just like Dougie said to Pacey earlier, it's like, Mr. Brooks, like, how dare you presume to know me? Now you get the hell out of here. So Dawson leaves, but then he comes back, and that's when he's like, what you were talking about before, with the scared of pushing people away. Yeah, and he's like, dude, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to allow you to push me away like you pushed everybody else away. I'm going to fucking stay here, and I'm going to finish the fucking job I was hired for, Mr. Brooks. And if you don't like it, well... You can get the fuck out of here. Miss Brooks is like, you know what? Why don't you finish fucking cleaning, boy? I'll bring <laughs> you some sandwiches later. So, so we've come to the end of the investigation. That was unusually kind of him to bring lunch for him. Like, either way. The principal's like, I know who did this shit. Ain't no problem. We're going to make this thing happen. We come back and it's Drew in the so, hot seat. And that's what the There prin- was a couple of things I did write down that we didn't talk, to, talk about up until this point that I think are kind of big. So... At okay. one point earlier in the episode, Dawson kind of throws Pacey under the bus. They do it to each other. It's part of and, the plan. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's part of the plan. But, like, I wrote it down, and he's all like, because I was like, I don't know if that's necessarily part of the plan or not. At that point is probably what I was thinking. Or, but I was like, all right, Dawson throws him under the bus. But then he goes back on it later, and he's like, you know what? I don't think Dawson, or I don't think Pacey could have done it. He's like, not at least without me. And he's like, it's obvious I wasn't there. Well, he also gave him a little bit of credit by saying, I don't think he would give up the academic foothold he started to put together with Joey right now either to pull off this stupid prank. So you're right. He is more like, he couldn't have done it without me. I'd be the brains of this. But also, he's got his own shit going on right now. So it's like a half and a half. Pacey says like the same thing when he's walking out. He's He's like, you know what? Now to think about it, Dawson couldn't have done it. He's like, at least not with me pushing and prodding him the whole way. Yeah, he's like, he's too goody-goody to pull that shit off on his own. And plus, there were too many moving pieces. It just, it, it couldn't happen or whatever. So here we are with Drew, and this is when Mrs. Valentine fucking hits him in the back of the head after he's like, yeah, people saw you at the hardware store. You had access to the keys because they were in your car, and also you were at the motherfucking boatyard, and your mom works for the Yacht Club, so obviously you could have been there too. You are going to be suspended for two weeks and probation for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, it's like, dude, you you got keys to the boat store. Your mom works there. Keys to the boat store, man. And I did write down in my notes, uh, Drew makes gay comment at Dougie. Oh yeah. The man he definitely like he's like he's picking up the vibe too. Like he's got the mythical gaydar and he's just like, Boy, you wanna dance? We can dance. And we are both men, and that's why I call it the man dance. We can do it naked if you want. I am is he eighteen? I hope I hope so. I, I mean there are they're either seventeen or eighteen at this point. Well he catches he catches Joey in the hall after all this and he's like, Listen, I just want you to tell the boys that I admire the brilliance of their design. No, he says, hey, it's Harry Potter. Shit. Oh, he does. Yeah, I left out that he calls her Harry definitely Potter. definitely call her Harry that. Potter, and I wrote it down. Yeah, no, that definitely happened. But he's like, yeah, the boys let him know I'm, it's all good. And she's like, which boys? What happened? Because she's not in on this plan. Like, she didn't know that they did it. And he's like, karma, it finally caught up to me. Yeah, it was pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, he... 
He got his man. And that's where we get to what you brought up earlier. We kind of get the resolution of all these bits and pieces where Pacey does thank Doug for the ride-along. And Doug's like, nah, don't fuck with me. I know you're being No, and he's like, nah, dude, for real. I'm being legit. And then he's like, yeah, but Pacey, I also don't think you'd make a good cop, though. Like, you were born to break the damn rules. And that's what I like about you. So they've really continued to make Doug a very reliably good character who shows up more often than almost any other secondary character does. Shows up more than Bodhi does. Yeah, at least they've given us reason to know where Bodhi is, though. We're just not questioning it anymore. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining about it. That's That's the good thing is I don't have to talk about it. I don't have to bring it up every episode of Where's Bodhi? Why aren't they showing us Bodhi? Why aren't they showing us Betsy? Why aren't they showing us Alexander? Because these motherfuckers are busy and they they have busy lives. Before, it didn't make sense to not know where they were. Especially in the case of Bodhi, when it came to Betsy being like, yeah, I'm a single mom, you know, just kind of doing my shit. She didn't never said single, but, you know, she's all like, hey, I'm just this mom who has provide all the money because I'm the only one doing this shit. For someone who doesn't need to talk about an episode, you just opened up a can and started running. Uh, Let's talk about, let's wrap up Jack on this one here. Caroline, who was kind of a heel previously, but seems... She's just kind she's of kind of gone like face turn. Sympathetic. She seems sympathetic to Jack at least. She brings Molly over because Molly's all bothered. Well, because she sees she wanted to apologize. She for... sees that Molly is like connecting to this guy, and she's like, it's like, all right, this is cool. Like these kids are like, he's having a meaningful difference on these kids. And so she wants to apologize for getting a fire, and he's like, listen, man, I. I like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I'm, I think what he says is I'm confusing to people like these dads. They don't understand. Like, this is how he explains to me. They don't understand who I am. But I just got to be, and you got to be a good person and the best person you can be no matter what that shit is. So he just continues to be that good mentor. Like, could that lead to his decision for what he does for his major college and stuff like those are going to be questions they're going to have to start getting tackled you know we go to the college years you know not that we need to speculate now but you know that shit will come up and what we get with dawson is he finds out mr brooks did used to make movies as ai brooks yeah yeah not only did he want to be a filmmaker he became one and his list looked like he had at least I don't know, 10 to 12 movies Yeah, I there? think there was about like a dozen or something like that. I think Dawson even makes reference to saying that he's watched like all the ones he can get his hands on. And yeah, in the next episode, he definitely says that. That was next episode where we go into the why he stopped, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we definitely get a lot more. The next episode's great, but let, we'll wrap this one up because Joey swings by to see Dawson about something and... She runs into Mitch at the door, and he's like, I don't know if he's here, but you can run up and check. But also, if he is up there, tell him that I know, and congratulations. And she's generally like, what the fuck is he talking about right now? Because she's still not in on the plan. It was just, and that's what I love about it, the three dudes just banded together and got revenge on Drew Valentine for it. Yeah, it was pretty great. When we get down to the brass tacks of this episode, what are the four pillars of Chuck, right? Does it include the final scene with Pacey and Dawson? If if not, I'd like to touch so, on it. So uh, one of the major pillars is Dawson, Pacey, and Jack all form together to uh, get back the revenge on Drew and Kip pull a killer fucking prank. They don't get credit for it, 
But they know. No, but they know. Well, Joey knows too, so someone outside knows. Mitch knows. That's a big person to know knows. But I'd say, and that's beautiful, and we've touched on all of that, but what I like how they end this episode is we get down to two of the oldest friends that are previously the most broken of that group right there. And Pacey's the one who says, like, something felt good tonight, or felt right here for the first time in a really long time. And, like, I forget why we aren't friends anymore. And Dawson's like, well, you know it's not that simple. Because that's how Dawson and Joey would both react to something like that. It's more complicated than you think And Pacey's just like, no, nah, man, like, I just want to get to a point where you can trust me again. And he's like, do you think that's even possible? And Dawson's just like, ah, I won't rule it out. And Pacey's like, well, I'm not ready to give up on you, man. So we're going to make this thing work. And as they're walking away from burying the evidence, Dawson's just joking like, well, if it doesn't work out, we can always just kill each other. And I'm like, perfect. That's it. That's a joke. When was the last time they cracked a joke? Exactly. That's you know that good to see. So all right, back to your pillars. So and that's actually my second pillar. Specifically, Dawson and Pacey are making strides to being to regaining what has once been lost. So what you're saying is, by talking ahead of you, I stole your thunder on your second pillar, and I should be mindful of your pillars because they're sacred and i shouldn't do that i mean i wouldn't I'm necessarily sorry. say that they're mostly just recaps hey, in the con- for people who don't want to watch this episode and know the four things that they we've given them a name listen we've given them a name but the four pillars of chuck that means they've got weight and that means that they carry some power so i'm sorry i'm sorry for disrespecting uh mr brooks and movie man uh, like I said, he became a bigger character, and in the next episode, we will even see more bigger things, and hopefully a sign of things to come. <laughs> and the fourth, and definitely not least of this uh, four pillars, is Soccer Dad Mafia. They made themselves known, and they made themselves uh, pretty cl- damn clear that they are not standing for any homosexuals anywhere near their soccer fields. No, they were fine as long as he didn't put a girl in goal. Like, you can love men, that's fine, but do not Do not respect women. <laughs> do not assume that she is equally as good as my small child. It's not possible that Molly is currently bigger than every boy on this team, which she probably is, and thus would maybe be a better goalie. It's also not possible, or even plausible, that... This little girl could stop the kicks of all these mighty young It's also probably not possible that I have another point about your pillar. Yeah, well, uh, that's all four (laughs) of them. So, I mean, welcome to episode nine. Bang, bang. Um, Well, let's start out with the hot and heavy. Well, not quite. Dawson and Gretchen. Uh, we really see a culmination of what they've been for Dawson's Creek. We're back in the bedroom. Oh, oh, back, back, back for Dawson's in the bedroom. Creek, this has been a slow build romance. It took them until episode nine because she shows up right off the bat. Damn near halfway comes through the season. Comes on in and builds that up. And even here, it's just a traditional kiss under the mistletoe this is not necessarily although it is a romantic kiss it's just because we have to hey man traditions are nothing to be monkeyed with you don't monkey with a motherfucking tradition i've got that engraved on a plate above my mantle i would hope that you do it's true i have both a mantle and an engraved plate so not only are we 
back in the bedroom with Dawson and Gretchen, or as I like to call them, DG. When was the last time we were in the bedroom in this kind it's of way? It's been or probably not at all. This is the first time I believe this season. Probably. Probably. First time in season four, we are back in the bedroom, and it is me predicting right there at the beginning of this episode on my sheet of paper, DG definitely getting together. And I've said that prior to this episode, so it does not matter. Uh, uh, well, what are, what are they doing? What what are activity are they getting into? They are planning the legendary Leary Christmas party. That's not what they're doing in the bedroom. They're watching an AI Brooks film. No, no, that's what they do during the episode. That's what I thought you said. Oh, oh, I meant what were they doing in the bedroom together? Oh, in the bedroom they're watching a movie. <laughs> they do end up planning this party together. Oh, the party is it? Oh, because they're like legit friends. They're hanging out all the time. I don't know. I'd say she's what, like a handful of years older than than him. So she's got to be like 20? 20, 21. I guess twenty. But who knows? I don't know. And, they don't talk about her going to bars. And he's seventeen. So I mean, like, it's legit. Like, which is cool that this show is finally kind of giving us a more legitimate age-wise relationship outside of, like, the group having sex with, it, uh, with itself. I mean, I think really... Th- Even though none of these kids have had sex except for Pacey and Jen, not together. I guess Pacey and Andy had sex together, so it doesn't matter. I don't know. I'm just getting... They didn't... I'm saying things that don't make they sense. They didn't have sex apart, just together. They did have sex apart, too. Because Andy cheated on Pacey and Pacey fucked his teacher. I was thinking of a different way of having sex apart, but yes, that's definitely true. Oh. Um, <laughs> but she brings up in this episode after Dawson's like, well, A.I. Brooks is a goddamn genius. Uh, and she's like, well, why did you stop making movies? And so I was like, I don't know why I stopped making movies. Maybe I should find out why Brooks quit so that that could maybe help me find out why I quit. Oh, it was pretty like easy to say why he quit. I don't know why he doesn't know it. Is he that fucking stupid? No, I think he does know it. He just doesn't want to own up to it until someone calls him on his shit, which is what Mr. Brooks does in this episode at one point. He's straight up like when he Dawson goes to leave, he's like, that's your problem. You run away from your shit. And when you run away from your shit, no one comes to help you out afterwards. That's why no one's helping you paint this fucking house. You weren't the only one who was involved in that boat being stolen and needing to being stolen. But here you are all alone, just like me, bitch. But that's when Dawson like kind of says the same thing back to you're alone, bitch. <laughs> Brooks is again like get the fuck out of here. But every time he says that to him, he looks guilty. This episode, like Brooks feels yeah. bad because because Brooks is not. And I even wrote that down. I was like, Mister Brooks is not trying to be a dick. He's like he's trying like he's kind of trying to be a dick. But like he's like, how much can I fucking poke you before you swing back on me? Right, like. I want to get to that point where, like, I can poke you. Like, if it's going to take eight times, I'll poke you six times. So, one, I got an extra one just in case I need to fucking poke you again before you swing on me. Or fucking, like, he's like, dude, that's just the way his nature is, man. Like, that's just how he is. I feel like that's more what it is, is he's just been so used to interacting with everyone that way for such a long time. And when people get interacted with that way, they stop interacting with you because no one wants to deal with that. So when Dawson pushes back, it kind of makes him go, oh, fuck. And Dawson doesn't give a shit at this point. He's like, you pissed me off enough. Like, I'm beyond the point. Like, I don't care. So let's just be honest with each other. And I think Brooks is, you. well, we see it. We see it at the end when he shows up at the party. Let's talk about that party where... Oh, the legendary oh, Leary Christmas party where this is the first time we're hearing about it in season four. But, but 
Dawson is very you quick have a reason why. to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. over the like last couple of years, my parents have been like fucking their coworkers and getting divorced and remarried. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. shit's oh, been you know going down for there that. to not be a leery Christmas party. But apparently, all of our characters know about it and are like, oh, those were so great. I had so much fun just chilling in Dawson's room, fucking watching movies and hating motherfuckers well that was just gretchen or that was just joey and dawson back in the day apparently but gretchen loved them so much that she's like all right here's the deal you guys host it i will do everything to put it together so i can organize a party where i can put a mistletoe and get dawson right underneath it by coaxing him to get some of my eggnog and then someone will notice that we're on a mistletoe and he'll have to kiss me. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm not going to say 100% of the reason that Gretchen Witter put this Christmas party together was, hold on, was to kiss Dawson Leary. But there was definitely a percentage of it that was. How much do you think... Strong 75. She 75% of the reason for having this party was to get... Dawson under some mistletoe. It that and just more reasons to spend with Dawson and his family. To kind of like just slyly sure. be like, "No, nah, man, we're already pretty much dating." Like, well, like because he. It seems like her, they've shown us from what they've shown us is he's spending the majority of his time with Gretchen. Well, it makes sense because obviously Dawson or Pacey and Joey are spending what free time they have with each other and. Uh, Jack is coaching in his free time. Jen's been ostracized and coaching. Like, plus she works at his parents' restaurant. Like, there's just all these ways that they find each other crossing paths that it just naturally is, okay, we're friends now. Gretchen doesn't have anyone else in town. She's really got the time to hang out. They've got the time to hang out with her, you know. She obviously sees Joey and Pacey where she lives, so she's not going to hang out with them to get out of the house. She's going to go hang out with Dawson. I was going to give it a solid 50-50. Like, it's as much about this being a party she loved going to, but also, conveniently, she got the hots for cute high school boy Dawson, and let's make this happen in his own home. But not in his bedroom, like all the times all that wacky sex shit went on in Dawson's room that he wasn't involved in. Why is he always not involved? This one, Mr. Brooks comes up, and he's just like... Hey, man, kiss your girlfriend. You're under the mistletoe. Stop flirting... And kiss her, and he shakes this mistletoe at him. And Dawson's and all like, man, this isn't my girlfriend. And Gretchen's like, you could fuck me under this mistletoe right now, and I would be down. <laughs> okay, I don't know about all that. Uh, now, Brooks reveals the last movie he saw apparently was Star Wars back in 1977. And that's when last Dawson's picture. like, hey, I s- oh, picture. Yeah, last picture, my bad. Well, Dawson's like, well, I saw a great film last night, and it was Turn Away My Sweet. And Brooks is like, uh... Are you yanking my chain, you little you, bitch? Dude. Yeah, and then he asks about, like, Dawson's like, what about the chemistry between the two leads? And we find out later why, but Brooks gets real upset. Then he's like, I just want to eat my fucking lunch in peace. Get the fuck out of here, Dawson. Yeah, so we find out that the leads were his best friend and his girlfriend. And little did he know or little could he tell until it was too late but his girlfriend had fallen for his best friend and they kind of ran off together after he's all like still producing this movie and like finishing up and shit. So they didn't run off. They didn't run off together. They were openly dating in front of him on the set, which is what made it so terrible for him. He's like, we still had, what did he say? Like six weeks or six months or something like that. And either way, it was just a long time. He's like, dude, 
after that, I fucking packed my bags up and I got on the first train for fucking Cape Side and I never fucking looked back. And so Dawson's like, you want to come into this party, man? And he says that when he first comes up and Brooks is like, nah, I hate crowds. So he asks him again once they have this little moment here and he's like, all right, fine, I'll come in. Well, he grunts. He's like, Ugh, okay. So next time we see me sitting at the piano and Graham's notices him sitting there and he puts this big ass goofy grin on his face and like, waves at her i'm like where did this mr brooks come from who's this goofy motherfucker and he pretends like they've never met before i mean he knows yeah, yeah. She knows, she's like trying... she's like don't think i don't fucking know you dude you were yelling at fucking little dawson leary who's just a fucking sweet little kid you're yelling at him and shit and he's like oh yeah that's when we did meet and she says something where she's all like, you need to learn to, like, forgive people or something like that, blah, blah, blah. And then he's all like, yeah, you could take some of your own medicine. Well, what it is, no, what it is is he says that he's grown to like Dawson since he had a temper tantrum on him. And Graham's just like, well, perhaps in the future you'll get to know a person before you dismiss them. And he's like, well, ha, huh, perhaps you'll do the same. And that's when I went, she's like, oh, I hope we get ourselves some grabs of Mr. Brooks. No, it's him, him saying it back makes sense. But when she says back, perhaps, is when I was like, oh yeah, Grams is in on this shit. Like, I knew I knew that she was in on this shit, but like hearing her right here, I mean, she put that little eyebrow She's on, like, she was like, let me throw that rock eyebrow at you, baby. And fucking be like, you know that who- Grams is down for the Brooks, baby. Last guy who hit on me was that weird dude down at the fucking craft bazaar. With the lamps. The lamp guy. (laughs) (laughs) The guy was slinging lamps and he's all like, hey baby, I got some shade to throw you. Oh Oh, no. Lamp shades. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then Dawson comes up to him. He's like, you were flirting with Grams, dude. And he's like, nonsense. I wouldn't do that. And Dawson's like, good, that's perfect. I got something else to talk about anyway. I'm ready to make a movie again. And guess what? I'm making about your life. Wait, what? Hold oh, on boy. a second. Dawson's like And he's like, hey man, we'll talk about this shit later. Don't worry about it. We'll get the we'll get the particulars figured out. I'll come over for coffee. You know what I'm saying? But he's like, just know it. This is my return to the movies. Maybe it's yours. So we've already talked about their kiss. Let's move on to a couple that I don't know might have something to do with that kiss. The Potter the, Party? The, the Joey and Pacey combination here yeah so there's this potter party the welcoming committee for promising prospects for williams university which calls back from episode seven so like we started off by finding out that like mrs valentine's all like hey baby girl you're gonna work this saturday because um we got these important people coming in from a college that you can't afford to go to so you're gonna work And she's like, nah, man, like, I can't do it. I got plans. And she's like, oh, so you're quitting? And she's like, all right, fine, I'll be here. But I ain't working, homie. Like, I am going as a guest. No, he'd already been there the whole time. That's what I'm saying. You're leaving out what makes this so embarrassing for Mrs. Valentine. Is she sitting there judging one of the top prospects to Williams University in front of Walter, who she's obviously sucking up to. And the whole time she's shitting on her like she ain't nothing but a fucking soot girl. And he's like, no, she's the, she wants, I'm going to put her at my table. She's so promising I want her at my table. And Joey's like, yeah, why don't you have your fucking son work my shift then? Yeah, bitch. 
<laughs> and then like, shits on the Valentines. But before that, Mrs. Valentine called Bessie Becky, and I was like, oh, so she's just like Chuck. Well, I mean, she did it maliciously. I do it because it's out of love. LOL. Yeah, you know, lots of love. And uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So at this Potter party, we can pretty much get to that Potter party, right? Well, Pacey doesn't want to go, but he's like, fuck it, let's go. Okay, so they roll up there. So they roll up there, and of course, like, it kind of seems to Joey like people are, like, almost looking down on her because she's, like, out of her element. She doesn't know what she's doing there. And Pacey's just kind of, like, doing the Pacey thing, right? We're like... He's joking, and fucking Walter is fucking loving Pacey's jokes. Well, he brings up this place in Spain, some museum or whatever. Like Walter's talking about how this this beautiful architecture. And Pacey's like, I don't know, man. It looks like an artichoke to me. And there's like this tension at the table for a moment. Like all the people who think you got to impress Walter are like, oh! even Joey's like, oh no. And then. Pacey says it again, and Walter starts fucking dying. And so, like, I wrote down, I was like, man, Pacey is killing it at this party. And I was like, but Joe seems to be, like, angry or sad. And I was like, I can't really understand why. I was like, maybe she thinks that Pacey's hurting her chances to get in. And then they explain to it later, it's because she thinks that she blew it. And she's mad at Pacey because she's like dude like i'm blowing it and and he's like dude it's just he's like i don't care like he's like this is all about you uh, i was like he's like i don't have to impress these people because i dude i'm you're you're ranked number four and we find out that sage is ranked number three but different school i think she's from, she said she goes to a boarding school so it's number three at a different school sage doesn't go to cape side ah man well then that 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 totally destroys one of the pillars oh i thought we didn't care about who was ranked what i mean i didn't but when i wrote it down because we found it out and you made such a big deal out of it so that's why i wrote no, it down as a pillar this. i was like no. now we know pillar crumbled we've crumbled it well right it's here still right it's now. still unknown unknown character then uh, hold on, I'll be real with you though. She could have previously gone to boarding school and be number three at Cape Side. Now it wasn't clear. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't clear. I want to say that it makes more sense that she went to Cape Side, unless she was just a girl that didn't that like maybe previously went to Cape Side and then decided to go to boarding school later. Because there's a reason why they're there in Cape Side, right? It's not just if all the neighboring anything- towns. She could go to boarding school, but live in Cape Yeah, Side. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, she might have So she wouldn't previously... be going to Cape Side High School. Well, she might have previously went to, like, school with Joey. Maybe never. Who knows? Like, I don't... It wouldn't matter anyway. I'm, if we're talking about the ranking, then if it's at a different school, it doesn't matter if she knew her before or not. It's still number three at a different school. Either way, either way. <laughs> Let's say that um, she goes to Cape Side High because they weren't really necessarily, like, you can make whatever determination you well, want. That's fine. I mean, because what? We'll Andy's number later. one that we speculated. And then we speculated. No, we, she has to be number one. We speculated that Kenny was number two. And then we speculated that uh, you were just throwing out random characters. I think it was probably. I think I said Belinda. I think I don't think she was particularly smart. So now, but now you think all of a sudden this sage character that has never existed before and mentions, oh, there's someone I know from boarding school. Yeah, is unknown be the character number three. 
Sage. Not Sage. No, it's still unknown. Well, I, the only reason why I latched onto it was because she specifically said she was number three. And that was the one that oh. we specifically did not have a, like, a name for. And I was like, oh, easy. Sage. Boom. Settles that score. I want to be satisfied by that. I really do. I want to get on board with your, your line of thinking, but my brain's not going to let me do it. I'm always going to have the boarding school question mark. I've already erased the boarding school. In my mind. Well, then we're just going to erase because I guarantee by the time we get to the next episode, I'll never remember who Sage is again. So it won't matter then. So as we part ways with Sage, we have different feelings under school. Sage, I love you. You're number three. Farewell, go, Sage. Boo. Good job being number three at whatever school you've attained. I'm going to say rank. it was Cape Side well, High. I know we've already covered that. I'm trying to say goodbye without saying what my side is. Uh, <laughs> so Walter comes out while Joey and Pacey are arguing. Arguing? No, it's and grabs oh, yeah, 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 he grabs yeah, yeah, yeah. Pacey. He's like, "I want you to meet the dean. I think he would love some of your jokes." And Pacey's like, "Okay." And he's like, "Yeah, tell the one about da- wrecked him, damn near killed him again. That one had me pissing my pants earlier. I literally had to go in the bathroom and use the hand dryer because I had urine on my slacks." And Pacey's, and Pacey's like, like, "Pacey's like, dude, I'm just going to use all this time." To talk up Joe. And that's where when Walter comes back out later and Joey's out there crying on her own, he's like, you didn't, A, you didn't blow anything. B, no one that matters, A, me, in this situation, gives a fuck about your social graces. Like, that is not. She's like, she's like no, literally, record. academically speaking, you are more than qualified. And as a character witness, Pacey was just in there talking the Dean's fucking ear off about you. You can't ask her better than that. So, like, listen, girl, don't worry about it. You're definitely probably gonna get into this he's like he's like dude if anything and he's like i know it'd be a lot harder but he's like if anything i gotta try to get both of you in this school because that kid is fantastic he's just maybe kind of a dummy that's the thing i don't think he would even get considered just because of his academic record like i i think if walter were to see his transcript he'd be like I still think you're a good person for this school but your academic record he's like i just can't there are people who are just as good a fit for this school who have better records. So I'm fucking sorry, bro. And that's why Pacey totally dodges it. Pacey knows I can't go there even if I want to in the predicament I put myself in. Probably for a variety of reasons. Because I'm not going to get a scholarship and I probably can't afford this fucking shit either. I don't know if the winners are rolling in money. I don't think cops make like a crazy amount of money. I mean, dirty cops do. I, I, I guess maybe see, the, I don't feel like Mr. Witter's a dirty cop, but I feel like Capeside plays pays their chief of police pretty well. Well, and that's the thing. It's he's the chief town. of police, so he's not just he's not like Deputy Doug. Right. Dougie's probably pulling in thirty five forty a year. I, I don't know what kind of I mean, that ain't bad. We don't need to get into that, but we do need to get into is the mighty alliance becoming by the end mightier and tighter than ever. Yeah, because uh Graham's uh Graham's and Jack fucking make this coup to put in jen's uh what do you call them well we find out three we find out three episodes later from the the e incident grams is still pissed this is where we see that cold shoulder when she comes into jen's room and all that and that's when jack brings up the college applications like yeah i'm fucking so happy i finished mine let's go watch a movie to celebrate how you doing on your application she's like yeah i got everything done except for the essay parts Jack's like, wait, what? Jack's like, yeah, that's the hardest part, bro. Right. (laughs) 
And she's like, all right, don't Andy me right now, dog. I don't need you breathing down my neck. Maybe I'm not in the mood for a movie anymore. Why don't you get out of here? So she's just trying to avoid these apps real hard. And so, like, basically she gets a bunch of, like, Christmas presents from her parents. And she, like, dismisses them all and and throws them in the refrigerator. And Hold on. Hold on. You're skipping over... Well, Merry effing Christmas. Uh, yeah, well, it's because mostly I didn't talk about a lot of that stuff because I just I feel like mostly <laughs> it didn't really matter. Like, I no, I, I, I'm not saying it mattered, but for her to yell Merry effing Christmas at Grams, I thought was a pretty shitty thing for Jen to do. I don't think it was shitty considering her feelings. Compared to how she's been acting more recently, it was that lash out. I'm not saying she was wrong for doing a shitty thing. I would have done... I would have said Merry fucking Christmas. And maybe she did, but they didn't give it to us because it's a TV, TV. show. Maybe yeah. in my own maybe my own in my own head canon she actually drops the F bomb there. But yeah, she throws that shit in the fridge and she's pissed. But before that, Grams had revealed when Jack is like, Yo, I'm worried, Grams is like, She's a big girl. She'll fucking figure it out, basically. And I was like, damn, Grams is being super cold right now. And it all comes back together at the end when the whole crew gets back and they help her out. And Jack says, hey, I love you. And she says, I love you, too. And Jack's like, yeah, I know you're having sex dreams about me. I read it in your journal. (laughs) See, I didn't know you still had those kind of dreams about me. And I'm like, how long has she been having those kind of dreams? And how long have they been talking about it? Oh, apparently they've been talking about her just having and sex dreams about jack i mean that's pretty fair but why not i think right? that probably brings us to the uh to the four pillars Your pillars so the four pillars of chuck are number one the strongest pillar of them all we find out that sage is number three strongest pillar second i hope pillar. one of your pillars i hope one of your pillars invo- involves uh, some people seeing something happen that we didn't say happened during the episode. Uh, number two pillar. P. Joe is the best couple ever. Is that the second time that's been a pillar? Probably. Three pack? Probably. <laughs> because it is a very strong point of this three pack. One. Two. Same with the last three pack. This entire season, they've been like just reinforcing how good they are. They're making it happen, baby. Uh, third pillar. Mr. Brooks and Grams. That's happening. You know that's gotta be happening. Gotta be happening. And fourth pillar, Jen's going to college. Yeah, because some people wrote them for her. And we'll see where she ends up going. That's the thing. Here's the mystery. Where do all of them end up going? Yeah, they're all gonna end up going to Williamson or something. So the thing that happens Capeside College. (laughs) To close out Capeside Community College, Triple C. Give it some respect, why don't you? (laughs) um at the end there as we brought up earlier dawson and gretchen kiss under the mistletoe as to not monkey with tradition it just so happens that that exact moment pacey and joey come into the room from the potter party into the leary party and they see it and the looks on their faces doesn't really give too much away but it's definitely kind of like a what the fuck on both of their ends like a Huh? Yeah, I think it's more of a what the fuck. It's I don't think it's going to go over very well. But Dawson and Gretchen, you look at them. Because they haven't... They've pushed a, a chemistry between them, but they haven't really pushed a hard romantic angle. They've really pushed the friendship aspect. But when they got done actually kissing, they held the eye contact. And, like, he was still, like, holding on to her hips and shit. Like, that, that's what makes it romantic right there. In the traditional yeah. setting, with Mr. Brooks being the cheerleader. Mr. Brooks is heavily involved in Dawson's romantic life. He's loving it. 
he's going to get back into filmmaking by filming them once Dawson turns 18. Let's not get carried away here. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Do you want to get carried away with your predictions? Oh, most definitely. They're not helpful, the titles this time. I'm going to tell you that straight up right now, all three of them. You're not getting a lot of help. You know what? Let me know all three of them all at once, too, and then we can go back to the the singles. Now, two... Two and three are ones that work together. And I worked, I looked through, and just like last season, but almost even better for this season, this, it breaks down into very natural three packs. That's so awesome. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see happen. The two that have, they both have words in them, not entirely certain how to say, and I had to look up the meaning of to make sure I was correct when I inevitably had to tell you what they meant. So I was like, if I don't know, he's not going to know. Maybe I'm wrong and I just embarrassed myself by judging you. I hope I am and I hope you say I know exactly what those mean, JT, you motherfucker. But we'll see. I mean, it's it's a good assumption. I'll give you all of them right now. Episode 10, self-reliance. All right. Well, I know what both of those words mean. That's not the episode. Episode 11, the Tao of Dawson, T-A-O, which from my quick look is like in eastern philosophical principles um someone's path or their principle or their their road what they're traveling so the tau of dawson all right the path and then of episode dawson. 12 episode 12 is the tay of pacey which is te and the te is the inner and outer power that someone is bestowed by the tau so the Tay of Pacey and the Tao of Dawson. So it's self-reliance, the Tao of Dawson, or the Tao of Dawson, and the Tay of Pacey. Like I said, it's not much to work with. Okay, so self-reliance. Jack's going to realize that his dad is dead and he has to rely on himself. The show takes a dark turn for one episode before we get back to focusing on the Dawson and Gretchen fucking storyline and that's gonna take two episodes to fully develop and fucking digest as pacey is not knowing what the fuck think and dawson's all like man i know how i got here but i'm glad i'm here anything that particularly goes on with gail mitch in the pregnancy i don't know i'm asking anything that goes on particularly between Grams and Mr. Brooks. Do we see Bodie pop up for any reason? Bessie pop up for any reason? Any surprise appearances? Any more Drew Valentine in our lives? Oh, I definitely feel like we're going to get a little bit of Drew Valentine. Unless maybe that was just the send-off to Drew Valentine. If that was the send-off to Drew Valentine, I'm very happy with that. The send-off for Drew Valentine would have been perfect. It was the unusual suspects. But then he showed back up again in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And it was like, well, he's not gone. So I got to assume that Drew Valentine is going to still be around for a little bit. As long as we got the boat store in, in, in tow, we're definitely going to be getting a little bit of Drew Valentine. I would say we get a little bit of progression in Mr. Brooks and Grams, and we're going to just follow the storyline with uh, Gail and Mitch. But uh, I don't know. I think that's pretty much that covers the three-pack. I know it's it's less breaking down each episode as itself but those last two are kind of like it's clear that those are together like that's a two-pack and like i said right up front there's not a whole lot to work with there in terms of being able to guess something specifically so what can you do but what you can do what i can do what all of our listeners can do and hopefully what people 
who aren't listening can do is to go to Apple Podcasts, go to 50RandyQuates.com, and of course go to Spotify and catch all of our new episodes. Free chat, 50 Randy Quates proper, and of course, Cage Talk. Yeah, you do all that shit. It's legit. You can follow us at 50 Randy Quates on Twitter, and you can like us on motherfucking Facebook. Just like last time, next up is Dr. Sleep. Yeah, it's not to be missed. In fact, I wouldn't sleep on it. Uh, that was a joke you used last time. I was gonna say, really glad we both made the same really bad joke. It makes it better to me somehow. And until next time, we, we be, be creaking. creaking.